0: You're listening to Countdown to Eternity, online at Countdown2Eternity.com. This is the weekly ministry featuring well-known author and apologist Don Stewart and Pastor James Cadiz of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. Together they examine current events and connect what's going on in our world to Bible prophecy. Here's Pastor James to set the table for today's talk.
1: Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And the countdown continues. Let me say, things are getting crazier. And, Don, I got to say this, bro any second, we know the Lord can come for his church, and we need to live that way. As we see these stories, uh, it is unbelievable. Of course, it goes without saying, I am with the great Don Stewart, and we've got some amazing things to talk about, but Don, first of all, how are you, brother?
2: I'm doing fine, James. Everything's going well. We're moving forward with the ministry. I thank people again that come on educatingourworld.com, the website, and use it for free, because that's the reason for it. Tell others about it. The message I gave on uh, January 1st at Calvary Chapel East Anaheim that we have on the Calvary Chapel Signal Hill uh, YouTube page has got about 135,000 views right now, and so I'm very happy with that. So God is good, and we're moving forward. And it's continuing to grow, bro, and I'll tell you why. Because number one, you are
1: a, a faithful communicator of God's Word. I think that's first and foremost, but the other thing is, is people are growing more and more and more and more aware of the times in which we are living. And, you know, Jesus goes to the Pharisees and he tells them, look, you guys are insane in that he didn't say insane, but it's kind of the same kind of concept in that you can tell the weather by looking at the skies and yet you cannot discern the signs of the times that have been put in front of you. And perhaps one of the greatest signs that he gives is what happened with Jonah being a typology or being a type of Christ. Uh, but one of the most obvious was one of the ones that was ignored the most, and we're seeing so much of that happening in the time and in the day in which we are living.
2: Yeah, and so it's it's amazing to see all these things come together. And the talk I gave you, if you haven't seen it yet, please watch it, a 12-specific predictions that the Bible makes about what the world will be like in the last days. They're now, each of them, in the process of being fulfilled, literally fulfilled against all odds. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, it is quite
1: amazing, and the time that we are living in is quite amazing. And so we are going to talk about a topic that is so unbelievably indicative of the times in which we are living, and that is the growing problem of AI and I want to preface what we're about to talk about because we're going to speak about one very uh, specific area of artificial intelligence uh, that is known as chat GPT. But before we talk about that, I want to make something very clear. And that is throughout the tenure of human history, we have always seen indicators given to us like that of what was demonstrated by mankind during the time of the Tower of Babel, Right. And um, I think that mankind continues to capitulate to the ideal that they can be like God or they are God, and in doing so, they lose their consciousness of God and bring upon themselves judgment and destruction. And when we look at what's happening with artificial intelligence right now, we are seeing exactly that. We are seeing people who are losing their consciousness of God by willful action in that they are seeking to take the place of God and utilize technology or whatever it might be to build the modern-day Tower of Babel, and uh, Chat GPT is literally no exception. Don, you want to talk about the article that inspired this?
2: Yeah, um, there was an article about Microsoft the other day, and it's the first I'd heard about it. Microsoft basically spending um, announces new multi-billion-dollar investment in Chat. GPT maker open AI. So I had to look up my well, what's chat uh, GPT? And it says it's what it is you ask the chat bot a question on any topic and get a speedy, detailed response in paragraph form. GPT stands for generative pre trained transformer. And so basically, what it is, you can ask any question on any subject. And immediately, you type out the question, and an answer will come back to you. Now, what's interesting about it is that um, it, it searches the internet, and it actually creates things. It takes What it does, is, if I understand it correctly, it, it takes things that are previously written and summarizes. It doesn't plagiarize it, per se, but it, it summarizes it in such a way that it says the same thing in a different way, meaning if you want to do a term paper, you want to do any, any type of a presentation, you could just go to the chat GPT and ask them to do it for you. And they'll do something that's never been done before. If that's, that's the way I understand it working anyway, James.
1: Yes, that's absolutely correct. And I think it is remarkable because it can take on some of the most difficult questions and answer them relatively easily. And of course, it can take things that even require poetic license and answer them. And Um, I wanted to give everybody a bit of a demonstration of this technology. So I asked Pastor Dale, uh, my assistant pastor, to be in the studio with us. Now, for those of you that are watching us on YouTube, you're not going to be able to see him, but you will be able to hear him. And what we are going to do is we are going to have Pastor Dale type a question into this engine and have it respond to us. Dale will read the answer that's produced. And then we're going to change the nature of some of the questions. We're going to ask some questions that I think are a bit controversial uh, and see how it handles that because we're going to drive home a point and we're not going to spend a lot of time with these questions, but I think effectively demonstrating it is a good thing. So Don, if you want to come up with the first question, go for it. And uh, Dale will type it in and read the answer.
2: Well, how about the one we asked on our program the other day, is the earth overpopulated?
1: Ask that question, uh, Pastor Dale. Is the earth overpopulated? And Dale is going to read the answer as it is uh, being uh, written.
3: Okay, here it comes. It is a matter of opinion whether the earth is overpopulated. According to the United Nations, the world population reached 7.9 billion people in 2020 and is expected to reach nearly $10 by 2050. Some experts argue that the Earth's resources are finite and that continued population growth will eventually lead to the resource, depletion, and decreased standards of living. Others argue that technological advancements and increased resource efficiency can sustain the growing population. Ultimately, the question of overpopulation is complex and depends on multiple factors, including resource availability, distribution, and consumption patterns.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's uh, spread out and generalize it a little bit more. And the more specific we begin to ask these questions, the more obvious you will see our point becoming. Dale asked this question, is Jesus coming soon? Now, remember, I want to preface this by saying, I am beginning to not say Jesus is coming soon anymore. I am saying Jesus can come at any second. But for purposes of this demonstration, let's ask, uh, is Jesus coming soon? And let's see what it tells us.
3: Okay. The timing of Jesus' return is uncertain and a subject of religious speculation. In Christianity, belief in the second coming of Jesus, also known as the return or parousia, is based on passages in the New Testament. The exact timing of the event is not specified in the Bible and is considered by most Christian denominations to be unknown and unknowable. Therefore, the answer to whether Jesus is coming soon is a matter of personal belief and interpretation. Interesting.
1: That's an interesting answer. Okay, let's ask another one. We're going to start getting more specific here, and that is this. If a man identifies as a woman, should he be allowed in a women's restroom?
3: Okay. The issue of bathroom access for transgender individuals has been a matter of legal and political debate in many countries. There are different laws and policies regarding this issue, and it can be a complex and sensitive topic. In general, policies that aim to accommodate the needs and rights of transgender individuals typically support allowing them to use the restroom that aligns with their gender identity. This approach is based on the idea of protecting the dignity and safety of transgender individuals who may face harassment or discrimination if they are required to use restrooms that do not align with their gender identity. However, there are also concerns that allowing transgender individuals to use restrooms that align with their gender identity could pose safety risks to others, particularly women and children. Those concerns have led some organizations and governments to implement policies that required individuals to use restrooms based on their biological sex. Ultimately, the solution to this issue will depend on balancing the rights and needs of transgender individuals with the safety and concerns of others. It is important for all parties to approach this issue with respect and empathy and to consider the best way to promote equality, dignity, and safety for all.
1: Oh, my goodness. That, that, that is unbelievable. How about we get a little bit more specific? Should Jews be allowed to be on the Temple Mount? This one should be interesting. Interesting.
3: Access to the Temple Mount, a holy site in Jerusalem, is governed by agreements between Israel and the Islamic uh, walk. I don't yeah. know how you pronounce that.
1: Walk uh, uh, Waqf okay. w- is what we say.
3: Wakf. Wakf. The religious wakf. trust responsible for managing the site. Currently, non-Muslim visitors, including Jews, are allowed to visit the Temple Mount during limited hours, but they are not allowed to engage in religious activities such as prayer. The rules regarding access to the site have been the subject of ongoing political and religious debates, and the situation is complex and sensitive. In general, it's important to respect the rights of individuals to practice their religion freely and to access holy sites that are important to their faith. However, access to the Temple Mount, as well as the rules regarding behavior and activities on the site, are subject to to negotiation and agreement between the relevant religious and political authorities. Sounds like the World Economic Forum to me. Okay, one more. Okay,
1: and this one might be a little harsh, right? Is abortion moral?
3: The morality of abortion is highly controversial and divisive issue, and opinions on the matter vary wildly. Some individuals and organizations believe that abortion is morally wrong because it involves the termination of human life and the rights of the unborn child should be protected. Others argue that abortion is a matter of personal freedom and bodily autonomy and that women have the right to make decisions about their own bodies and their own health. They may argue that the moral consideration should be given to the woman's life and well-being And that the right to access safe and legal abortion is essential for women's equality and health. Ultimately, the morality of abortion is a subjective matter and depends on one's personal, individual beliefs and values. It is a complex, sensitive issue that can involve religious, ethical, and philosophical considerations, and different people may come to different conclusions based on their personal experiences and perspectives.
1: Don. I'm speechless, brother. I, I'll I'll let you run with this. This, this. this it just blows my mind to see these types of answers being given.
2: Yeah, what's interesting about it? The answers, you know, are basically something. If someone was writing a paper or giving a speech, basically they it's all laid out for them, isn't it? Here's here's my first problem with this, James. Um, someone's already done the thought for you. Someone's done all the work for you. Someone's explained it for you, and so all you need to do with this and how many other questions is just type it in the question. Here's the answer, and just spit it out. And so what? It, what we're creating here are a bunch of sheep, right? That are this is this is what it says. This is the 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 question. Here's the options. Uh, you know, A or B, and um, that's all you need to know and so that that's one issue i really have with this is problematic also too we have to question about the overpopulation of the earth very subtly they ended in saying well you know we've got to be careful with the resources we have this and that in other words they're on the side of the first one and human beings when we hear something being taught we always remember the first and the last thing we hear that's the last thing they hear so they so after people heard you know option a and option b they thought well yeah that's true we've only got limited options here so we got to be careful about overpopulating the earth so anyway it's subtle but it's 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 still in there. And the point is it, it it sounds like it's fairly objective, but at the end of the day, there's going to be obviously a leftist bias in all this. We don't have any doubt of that. But the thing that uh, we mentioned the other day, James, is it has to be subtle because if you come out right out and say, Well, yeah, this is abortion's always right, or this that people aren't gonna listen. But if you put it in such a way where it's okay, oh, it sounds rational and logical. Uh, then people might might go for it and listen to it. We've talked about this before. When a person is uh, giving a false uh, teaching or false prophecy or something, they're not going to come out and lie at the beginning. They're going to tell one truth after another truth after another truth, then slip in the lie and slip in the, the thing that's disingenuous. I think that's what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah, 100%. And if you guys go back and listen to the question that was asked about overpopulation, you can hear the neo-malthusian in there you you can hear the sort of uh globalist approach to this and you're right don it this is this is a uh, a tool that is sort of used to appear to not be objective yet at the same time it provides very objective conclusions like for example uh by questioning the morality of something like abortion based on the ideas or thoughts of individual people it automatically makes the statement that the um, uh, the morality of abortion is subjective, which in, mm-hmm. in, in essence is a statement in and of itself. And it's a very dangerous statement. Um, and you're right about this. I think that we are getting to the point where we have uh, a whole generation of kids that are being taught to use technology like this, which, by the way, The article is telling us that Microsoft is purchasing it and they're going to be implementing it in their office suite. They're going to be implementing it in places that are used to actually do homework assignments, write papers, uh, put things on the web. And so the idea here is to get the younger generation to be confronted with critical thought less and less and less and to simply go with the flow with what provides what looks like an easy, automated Uh, response that continues to contribute to the spirit of Antichrist by people not thinking through what is right, what is proper, what's correct. And then when the totalitarianism that comes from what we read about in a place like Revelation 13, it's going to be widely accepted. And perhaps the thing that's been the most puzzling to me, Don, has centered around the idea of how in the world will people be so quick to want to take the mark? How are they going to be so quick to want to do the things that the Antichrist is demanding of them? And now we're beginning to find the answer. The answer is becoming more and more clear here.
2: Yeah, it is interesting. Like you said, uh, when they say certain the answer is subjective and that's we would disagree we think it's god is objectively said abortion is wrong objectively said other things but what it reminds me of is 1984's ministry of truth okay now we want to find that here's the question boom write it out well here's the answer that's it and we just parrot that and go on right in other words uh, this 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 is the consensus answer this is the answer that The Ministry of Truth has given us, so we'll just move right along from this. And, yeah, we have limited natural resources. We've got to be careful to use them correctly. So I guess the first answer is, right, the world must be overpopulated. So it's okay if, you know, famine or pestilence takes out a bunch of people. Who cares, right? So, yeah, it's very subtle what's going on here, but it ends critical thinking. Number one, it almost like gives like this coming down from Mount Olympus or Mount Sinai number two, right? This is, this is the final answer to your Jeopardy question. And so uh, that's the, that's, that's the issue that really bothers me.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to take that a step further on your last point, because the, the thing is, is when you utilize technology like uh, chat, uh, GPT or any of these uh, types of technologies that relate to AI, it removes the um, sort of the sense of subjectivity because what happens is is there's no real personality behind the answers that are given. It feels like it's just a general statement being made by technology that's more advanced than us. It's providing more well-thought-out, more critical forms of uh, dialogue or discourse. And so when there are no personalities tied to it, The emotions that oftentimes accompany the personalities do not create the mechanism of accountability that causes people to second-guess the things that are being said. So the reality of it is, is like you're reading something very dry in essence. It doesn't appear to have anybody behind it when in reality there is a, a globalist organization that drives this type of technology. As a matter of fact, understand this. The leading globalist on this earth right now is adapting this technology into so much of what he influences, which is the next step into this sort of totalitarianism that we are going to see manifest within the context of 10 nations you know, in Europe, doing what they're doing and eventually allowing one ruler to have all of that power. And as people continue to give their minds and their hearts to the world where Open uh, GPT becomes prominent, it's going to uh, be very, very, very devastating. Perhaps one of the most effective arenas where uh, tools like uh, chat uh, GPT or OpenGPT is going to be used is in video games right because right now software programmers when they program a video game they're only limited to how many scenarios they can produce right there's a series of if then commands if you choose this then this will happen if you go this way then this will happen right kind of like a dungeons and dragons thing but with open gpt or chat gpt what ends up happening is the game itself learns from your actions when you input using a human input device, right? And it creates a limitless amount of scenarios, thus causing video games to never grow old and people to be sucked into that world. It's a form of mind theft. It's scary, Don. It's really scary.
2: Yeah. And it's a very clever way of doing it too, because it sounds so objective. So matter of fact, this is no emotion, no feeling, no human being, nobody getting up and screaming. This is just how it is. Here's option A, here's option B. And, um, it's your choice. And by saying it too, James, your choice, what it's ruling out is the possibility that there is some type of objective truth from a creator, because obviously this comes from a humanistic standpoint, where they don't accept any God, any one religion. It's just, you know, this is as we human beings look at it ourselves from an earth point of view, under the sun as Solomon would say in Ecclesiastes, then, you know, here are their options, and so you know, make your choice.
1: Yeah, and I'm telling you, bro, this is, uh, it reeks of what we know to expect in the end times. We are seeing it, bro, again and again and again the signs are around us, right? Just look up. We we see it happening. We know that the time is nearing and if uh if the return of Christ uh for the church is as imminent as we think it is, then this world is about to face a time of destruction like nobody has ever seen. And I think we need to wake up. I think we need to have the attitude of recognizing where we are and what's in front of us. Don, listen, we've got about a minute and a half left. I'm going to leave it to you. Take over, bro. Close us out.
2: Okay. Um, What we see now is another tool that's uh, available to the world today and the world system. That's basically anti-God, anti-Christ at its origin, to give answers that neglect the Bible, neglect the God of the Bible, but say, here as human beings, We've here's what we've come up with, option A, option B, and you get to choose between the two. In other words, at the end of the day, it's your choice. There's no right or wrong, and that's the whole point of it. Everything's relative. Well, we serve a God who has laid down in his book, the Bible, right and wrong, truth, timeless truths, absolute truth, and the absolute truth is he exists, He's come down 2,000 years ago, God the Son in the person of Jesus Christ, taking upon himself, you know, uh, a human flesh, but he's a sinless, living a sinless life, uh, being crucified on Calvary's cross with the penalty of the sins of the world placed upon him. On the third day, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and going to come back and judge the living and the dead. And he says, if you believe this and accept that fact, you will be with him forever, have everlasting life. If you reject it, you will not see life, but the wrath of God will remain on you for all eternity. That's the message To the Bible. it's uh, The Lord God has provided sufficient evidence for us to believe. There is objective truth. It's from God's word, the Bible. So when we hear stuff like this, very subtle, it's kind of like in Genesis chapter three, when Satan says to Eve, did God really say this? Has God really spoken? Well, yes, he has. He's spoken loud and clear, and we don't need some AI bot to tell us, you know, well, here's your two options. No, there's one option for us, and that's God's option, the way, the truth, and the Amen, life.
1: Amen, Don. That is a powerful way to end this show. And folks, we do really mean this. We have to be ready. Listen, even if, let's just believe that that the Lord is not rapturing His church soon. What if you don't live to tomorrow, right? These are valid questions to be looking at. We need to be thinking this through. Don, what a powerful end uh, to a, a pretty incredible show Uh, Folks, we do hope that you enjoyed listening to this or watching it as much as we've enjoyed making it. On behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz, and we do want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And as Don would say, may God richly, richly bless you.
0: Thank you for joining us for Countdown to Eternity with Pastors James Cadiz and Don Stewart. Did you know you can hear our program by podcast? It's available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also at countdown to eternity.com. Countdown the number two, Eternity.com. Don Stewart is an author. Some of his books include The Rapture, What Happens One Second After We Die, and Heaven. You can access all of them for free at EducatingOurWorld.com. Again, EducatingOurWorld.com. Pastor James also releases daily videos. Many of them relate to Bible prophecy. It's a good way to stay up to date with current events. Follow Countdown to Eternity, Educating Our World and James Cadiz on Instagram and Facebook. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. By the way, that's the place to go to watch the video version of Countdown to Eternity. It's on Rumble and YouTube. It's your generosity that helps us bring these shows to the radio and internet every week. So thank you for standing with us at a critical time in human history. Donations can be made at CountdownToEternity.com. That's all the time we have for today, but come back next week as we continue to Countdown to Eternity with James Geddes and Don Stewart. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill.